Welcome to the Demand Generation Club podcast, the first podcast dedicated exclusively to SaaS B2B demand gen secrets and best practices as shared by some of the top leaders in the industry. This podcast is brought to you by SaaS MQL, the account-based marketing agency that helps SaaS companies land six-figure deals with highly targeted campaigns by combining intent data, automation, and a proven methodology. SaaS MQL can help your company generate millions of dollars in sales opportunities within just a few months. To learn more, go to sasmql.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Demand Generation Club podcast. I'm your host, Franco Caporal. Our guest today is Curti Dewan, Vice President of Marketing at Bugsnag. Bugsnag is the platform that helps developers take full ownership of the code they ship, while at the same time creating an enjoyable experience when fixing errors. Their customers include Lyft, Gusto, 99designs, Dropbox, Hotel Tonight, and many more. Curti brings a combination of industry best practices, creativity, and scrappiness to the job through her rich experiences at early stage and venture-backed startups, publicly traded enterprise companies, as well as her experience as a former Garner analyst. Curtin is passionate about helping companies build a marketing foundation or scale an existing demand generation engine. So I'm really happy to welcome today Curtin Dewan, Vice President of Marketing at Bugsnag. Kirti, I'm really glad to have you today on our episode of the Demand Generation Club podcast. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. For uh, those people that are listening now that who don't know you, can you share some uh, information about your uh, current role and your career trajectory? So I'm currently the VP of Marketing at uh, Bugsnag. Uh, we are a Series B uh, startup and we focus on application stability management for mobile web and backend apps, um, and uh, which is also in layman's terms an error monitoring uh, platform. And we were acquired two months ago by SmartBear and they are based in um, um, Somerville, a, Boston of suburb, a suburb of Boston. Uh, prior to this, um, I was a consultant and I had been consulting for about two years before joining Bugsnag and did a variety of projects with big companies as well as startups back then. Uh, prior to consulting, was also uh, part of uh, three other startups. Uh, those were all full-time roles. And prior to that, I was a big company person uh, who made the switch over to startup land. I'm glad that I did. I absolutely love it. Um, worked at a bunch of big companies, VMware being one of them way, way back. I was an analyst with the Gartner Group as well. So first of all, congratulations on the acquisition. Uh, it must be a very exciting time to be a Bugsnag. Can yes, you share, you. can you tell us about your team? Like what's, what's the size of your team and what kind of roles do you have right now in your team? Um, we have um, uh, nine people on the marketing team, 10 including me. Um, we have a growth team, which has um, uh, folks that are focused on uh, ABM, uh, campaigns, programs, um, as well as marketing analytics, uh, a product marketer. Um, we 
have a content marketer role open. We have an events team that also helps drive our community program, as well as our swag program, which is quite popular. Um, and then also um, a website uh, producer, as well as a brand and visual designer. That's fantastic. That's an ideal team, especially for, <laughs> for a startup. Um, so you are you know, in a great position now. You had this amazing career and you're now VP of marketing. And a lot of people in this community are, aspire to have the same kind of a, of a career path. So uh, in our conversation, you share a lot of uh, really good advice. So I want, I want to kind of focus today on these five learnings that you acquire from your career trajectory uh, as, a, as a B2B marketing leader. So can you can we try to unpack this a little bit? If you have yeah, to, <laughs> if you have to mention the first thing, what what would be the the first learning that you want to share uh, from from your career to be a real yeah. leader? Yeah, so there there are five learnings um, that I would I would say have been key for me, um, and in no particular order. But the first one is um, something that I have uh, I'm stealing from my CEO. It's a line that I'm stealing from my CEO. It's funny we were doing a go to market planning session, and one afternoon we said you know let's take a break and go get some lunch. So we were walking to get a sandwich, and. Uh, we were just talking about the you know decisions and challenges that were in front of us and he basically said this line where he said you know i've become comfortable being uncomfortable and i thought that it summed it up so beautifully because that's literally what you are doing every day if not probably you know every hour every half hour and so you're constantly you're constantly looking at you know new challenges you are being dealt with you know just unpredictable things that get thrown at you you are placing bets you are taking risks and you're making decisions right and you're making decisions based so many times on uh, complete unknowns and things that have never been done before and so you do have to make them based on the best um, educated, based on the best educated guests that you can. And uh, it's, it's all about, you learn over time that when your gut has been speaking to you, uh, it's really something that you should be listening to. Um, and uh, I think that you know, when, when I was younger, I now that I look back and I realized that even when I was younger, I had a pretty strong instinct, but you know, you're just like, you know, you're happy, carefree, you have probably fewer decisions to make. And you're like, oh, yes, you know, in hindsight, you're like, oh, yeah, actually, my brain had said this to me. And maybe that is the door that I should have taken. Um, but as you get older, and you pay attention to every signal that you're getting, um, and, you know, these voices in your head, you realize that there's really some value and some truth to that. And uh, yeah, never, never dismiss the gray hair that you have because it, it really is, is saying something. Um, so I think that trusting your gut has been a big learning as well over the years. And that's what separates like a junior person from a, from a senior, senior leader is, you know, the junior person typically waits to hear, to, waits to be told what to do. 
And the senior leader makes the decision, not because necessarily knows everything, just because has the confidence to do it. Right, right. You know, you just, you, you got to, you got to trust what you are uh, believing. And if you think that you have a rationale for that, you know, whether it's qualitative information, whether it's data that you have, uh, whether it's past experience, whether it's something you learned from a peer of yours, whether you've seen that situation play out probably not in a professional sense, but somewhat, you know, similarly in a personal um, situation, you know, maybe there are learnings from there. So there's, again, there's, you know, your constantly battling with these dilemmas and you know sitting on the fence and so it becomes second nature to step back and say wow that was a really uncomfortable moment oh wait i actually had four of those today um and you know as you as you become more mindful and you start becoming a lot more um uh, introspective and you're very much in tune with what you are you know, what your body and your mind is saying to you. I think that, you know, it's, it's all part of that journey. Fantastic. You know, I love human this. Journey, in fact, not just yeah. on a professional sense, human journey, even on a personal level. So remember to become as uncomfortable as you can, as often as possible. Uh, perfect. What, what other learnings uh, do you, do you want to share with us? Um, you know, based on the uh, trust your gut and the uncomfortable situations that we were talking about, one of the uh, things, and you know, I, I did mention that, hey, they can be learnings from the personal front as well. So uh, one of the things that uh, I say to my kids all the time when there's, you know, chaos in the home and someone is just like so unhappy because all the skittles disappeared from the pantry and mom ate all the skittles, but no one, you know, she never told me and you know, someone else is worried that their textbook is not going to arrive on that exact day that the teacher said it should, you know, all these things, just so much stuff happening uh, with um, kids and the, and the family. So one of the things I always say to them is respond, don't react. Because if you're reacting, you're doing it in the moment and you haven't spent a single second in thinking about what you are going to say, what you just said what it means to the other person, whether it could be hurtful, whether it confuses the other person. So stay calm, take a step back, take a few minutes if you need to, respond to the situation so that you can tackle it and handle it. Don't react to it because you've already gone down a rabbit hole, right? And then it's even more work to pull yourself out of that. But if you stay calm and you step back, you are giving yourself, you're, equip, you're equipping yourself with all the tools needed so that you can handle that situation. That's absolutely right. And it's something I try to also convey to my team is, especially in business, don't take things personally. There is nothing personal. It's all about business. So if not, you are kind of, you tend to overreact uh, right. just emotionally, right? Right, right. And it, it goes back to, you know, something that we all hear commonly and pretty frequently that, hey, if you're really annoyed or frustrated about something and you start writing an email, don't send that email, right? Walk away, come back the next morning and read that email and you yourself will be like, oh, I don't want to say that. So um, that's a simple example, but there are just so many other scenarios like this where so many times you're in a meeting, you have to think on your feet. And you can, you know, the dynamics of the meeting may not be what you would have expected. But at the same time, there are ways to, you know, just take, um, you know, you take note of the moment and you digest the information that you have 
and you can come back to it. Yeah, I think uh, also in my view, the best leaders, they're always calm. They never, they never seem agitated, even in the moment of extreme pressure. You always see them really calm That's and right. always rational. Yes, yes. I'm not saying that one of those, yeah, I mean, that is that is a very tough journey, it's right? Tough. And, and it's complex <laughs> with the with a myriad of emotions that are constantly, uh, you know, uh, surrounding us. So uh, yes, that is that is an ongoing exercise. Absolutely. Uh, what else? How? So we have a two very good learnings so far. What? What other things uh, have you really uh, gained a lot of uh, insights from? Like, what is one thing that you want to share? Um, the ability to make um, data-driven and outcomes-based decisions. Um, for me, at least, that has increased over the years as well. And uh, by data, I mean not just numbers. It could also be you know, informational data, qualitative data that you get. But going into every situation, knowing that there's going to be a positive side to it and there's going to be a negative side to it you know, in, in most situations. Sometimes they're all just positive. And each of them has its own outcome. And each of them then has an impact to whatever that, um, you know, whether it's a business driver, a business goal, whether it's a, you know, something new that we have to do in the marketing team, um, maybe it's a new experiment that we are about to launch. So knowing that there are two sides to every situation, um, again, looking at it holistically on what each of those uh, positive and negatives could look like. And uh, realizing that, you know, you're going into this with your eyes wide open and you are not only prepared if the situation goes a certain way that you didn't expect, or maybe you weren't able to move the decision in your direction, at least you are prepared to handle that. And you mentioned, you mentioned us about the knowledge that you acquired in all of these different situations over the years, right? It's, uh, yes. you, are, you probably have seen a, of many, many different, different kinds of situations. Right. So, you know, all that becomes part of the experience toolbox and it goes back to the gray hair again. <laughs> but the experience toolbox, basically, you know, it builds up from situation to situation. And then when you have all this uh, knowledge and background, you are even extrapolating from that, right? And you know that, again, each situation is, is unique, but you know that what you, one, you know that you are equipped to handle it, but at the end of the day, nearly everything is solvable and nearly everything is negotiable. I like that. I like when you say nearly everything is solvable. If you really spend time and try to analyze all the data, there is, Almost always a solution. Almost yes, always. Yes. And you know, I, I have a funny anecdote there as well, you know, talking about life's experiences. Um, we were doing some home projects um, and I had asked my uh, 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 you know, general contractor and I, you know, I want to move these lights right over there and then do this. And, you know, but I want the window to go there. And I said, is this possible? And I remember that he had paused and said, anything is possible. <laughs> it all depends. <laughs> depends on what what you can put into it right right there's right. always like time resources constraints right budget in, a, in an environment of unlimited resources and time everything is possible right 
Right. Um, fantastic. So what would be the, the fourth learning? Um, the fourth one, um, I, I would say, and I, I hope I am wording this okay and not uh, being a little bit extreme here, but basically it's, you know, be brave. Don't be afraid to be brave. It's totally okay. You know, sometimes you you just have to push yourself against the wall and say yes as much as you can, right? Because by by saying no, then how will you ever know how it would have turned out? And then you wouldn't have taken the risk and, uh, you know, you won't learn. So be brave, but don't die on the battlefield. So um, I've, I've seen in the past where several times people feel really passionate about making a certain decision or from that matter myself as well, that the company has this huge glaring gap and it needs to be addressed. And you know, someone has to do something about it. And it doesn't, if it doesn't happen at that point in time, you know, it's, it's just the, the, the impact on the business is going to be more severe, right? It's going to be higher than, uh, you know, several magnitude factors, um, several factors of magnitude. So, uh, you know, yes, be passionate, but don't let it consume you um, because you can then land up being um, negative or maybe the way of giving your feedback is not, you know, it's not that constructive all the time. And maybe it starts popping up in the conversations you're having, you know, and, and our brain is very good at playing games with us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got to control the mind as well. Um, so even if you are be passionate and be brave, but don't do it in such a way that you get killed on the battlefield. Now, um, I've seen an instance in the past where someone was really right about several things that needed to be established or instituted in the company, but by becoming vocal, it didn't help. And so take stock of um, which are the things worth fighting for. You don't need to fight for everything, even if you may be 100% passionate about all of them. You know, prioritize, look at things from the big picture point of view, and uh, you 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 can't be a martyr. You 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 know everything can mm-hmm. happen, and you you don't necessarily need to be that person. You have and to pick your pick your battles too, right? Right, you pick your battles, and then you. Know, you and if you truly, if you think that something is a, you know, it, you're you're really getting into the muddy waters and you're really going into, you know, sticky, into a sticky situation, maybe you want to build some partnerships as, as well, right? And that way you are going in there as a, as a unit, as opposed to, you know, landing up on the battlefield and you probably don't even have an armor or a shield or a sword or, you know, whatever ammo that you need. I agree 100% on this. I've seen it multiple times yeah. uh, and yeah. it can backfire. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, perfect. Yeah. What would be the, the last advice that you have for us? Um, so, you know, I, I just said something about, you know, look at things from a 360 degree point of view, right? Um, take stock of the situation. And uh, that that brings me to the next point, which is I've noticed that several times you know i can i can wonder sometimes i can get annoyed and i see that with my peers as well that the 
team members that they have don't necessarily have the same perspective that they do. So, you know, we're not sharing the same perspective and it's not because they don't want to or because they cannot. They, it's a good, it's, it's it, more than likely it is because they don't have all the information that I do or they haven't been able to step back as much as I have um, and really connect the dots. And you're not just thinking about the situation at hand, you also have to think about the metadata, right? What are the things that are, what are the things and the factors that are being set between the lines or the, you know, new forces that are coming into play here, but are not necessarily being spoken about. But so you understand the metadata, you have to, again, translate that into what it means for that 360 degree view. And uh, coming to the realization that, you know, my team members don't necessarily have that, um, uh, you know, they, they don't have in their toolbox the ability to get that big picture thinking, interconnectedness of the engine is a term I use often. It's being mindful about getting in there and helping them out and coaching them to see this point of view or seeing the picture as well. But again, not moving them into a direction of, hey, I think this is what you should do. Providing them the information and then let them make that decision as well. You know, let them come back with that proposal. So instead of being annoyed and um, you know, irritated, there's a way to turn that around so that it can work for both parties. That's fantastic. I, I want to summarize this because these are great learnings. And uh, I think uh, there's, a, there's a lot to take out from, uh, from this uh, conversation. So you mentioned as a number one, you know, you have to become comfortable being uncomfortable, which I love that line. And we're going to steal it from your CEO. Uh, you want to respond, but not react. Uh, you want to make data-driven decision as much as possible and gain that knowledge for the future so that once you become older, you have a, a lot of learnings from past situation. Uh, you want to be a, you can be a superhero but don't I mean, be brave, but don't die on, on the battlefield necessarily. <laughs> so pick your battles and not everything has to become a fight. And then the last one that I really like is your team not always have the full contest. They don't always see what you see. So you have to keep that in mind, but also coach them to, right. to learn and become and be become aware of the, the 360 degree uh, situation, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I love the coaching por portion where you know, it, it really feels so good to work with your team members to bring them on the journey as well. You know, everyone has potential. And so it's really our responsibility is to um, you know, help everyone on their journey. Absolutely. And for you, I have uh, one more question, Kirti, which is, since you are, you know, in a very senior leadership position as a VP of marketing, what is that one thing that is keeping you up at night <laughs> that you want to solve? Um, so I should start by saying that I am a um, pretty heavy sleeper. Um, and <laughs> some of my friends are teasing me all the time. I can also 
really sleep pretty long hours and my weekends are very special to me. Uh, but that said, uh, what worries me is the marketing mix, right? Is it the combination of things that we're doing? Is that enough? Should we do more? Or maybe what we're doing, the mix is right, but is the percentage split between them is right. You know, which dial should go up, which dial should come down. How much of that mix is um, something that we've done before, where we have the knowledge versus experimental? Should the percentage split between those change as well? You know, and then the team comes into play. Okay, do we have the right resources? Do we have the right competency levels? Maybe someone else has potential, but they're not in that role yet. You know, what is the mentoring that can be given there? And then budget also is always a, a, a factor. But um, looking at it from so many different dimensions on, are we doing the right thing? Are we leaving, you know, something on the table? Can we do better? You know, can we do something more of something? And, oh, did we totally miss this other thing that could that we could be doing so yeah this uh, i think the the effectiveness of the marketing mix is a problem that is shared by many many marketing <laughs> leaders here yeah. so yeah how to solve that is probably another another whole podcast and a pretty long right. one <laughs> that's right that's right because you constantly got to keep monitoring it right it keeps you on your toes it definitely keeps you on your toes absolutely Kirti, this was uh, really great i learned a lot so thanks uh, thanks again for joining our podcast oh my pleasure this was wonderful thank you for the opportunity franco <laughs>